The Boston Celtics with another ugly afternoon game, and they lose to the Suns. I'm talking about it on this Monday, Locked On Celtics. Milk, let's go. Raining Jays back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Happy to have you back. Very excited that you are making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you're going, I hope you're enjoying yourself a little bit. I appreciate you making this show a part of whatever that is. I'm John Corrales. I host the show. I cover the Celtics, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book that is now available everywhere books are sold. So the Celtics lose to the Phoenix Suns 100-91 to in this episode. The good in the first segment, the bad in the second segment. In the third segment, I'm going to go back to the Clippers game and touch on that because that happened on Friday night. And I want to just touch on that a little bit. So the good's going to involve a bunch of Peyton Pritchard among the things. Kemba Walker, we'll hear from Kemba Walker in the second segment. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code... Locked on, you're going to get 20% off your next order. So the Celtics can go into Phoenix. No Jalen Brown, no Marcus Smart. Uh, They start Carson Edwards, an interesting choice by Brad Stevens to go with Tristan Thompson, Grant Williams, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Carson Edwards. And they did not start very well. Each half was uh, a big Phoenix run. And the Celtics needed late runs in the first and third quarters to kind of get back. They had a chance, but really it comes down to they couldn't hit the shots that they needed to hit to to win this game. Jason Tatum, 23 points, 8 of 22 shooting. That kind of tells you what happened here. 7 assists, 4 rebounds. Kemba Walker, 14 points, 4 of 20 shooting. So 4 rebounds, 2 assists for him. On the other side, a balanced attack. Uh, Devin Booker, 18 points. uh, Mikhail Bridges, 19. Aiton had 16. Chris Paul had 15. Cam Johnson had 17 off the bench. Just a a very balanced attack for the Phoenix Suns. So let's focus on the good to start the show. Uh, But uh, before I do that, one, one last bit here. Afternoons, I should have just saved this for the second segment, but I'm going to do it here. Uh, this was the second worst shooting the Celtics have had. All three, their three worst, were all afternoon games. The Knicks game last month, which is a 1 p.m. start, 29.8%. They got waxed in that game. Today, where the Celtics shot 35.5%. And then the Christmas afternoon against the Nets, where they shot 37.8%. Let's let that bad taste wash through your mouth. And we're going to wash that out with um, the good. Let's start with the good. I think the defense was generally pretty good. 100 points is is not a bad result. You give up 100 points, 
you should be able to muster up enough offense. They didn't let Booker go too crazy, although Booker has been a much more disciplined player. They didn't let any one guy go too crazy and and, and kill them. Uh, I thought their defense down the stretch was was generally pretty good. So I think the Celtics have shown a a better defensive effort. It's not perfect. They got backdoored a couple of times in this game. That's not perfect. But uh, I thought that the Celtics, generally speaking, have done better recently defensively, especially against the Clippers, against Phoenix. Uh, those are two teams that can that can light you up. So the defense was pretty good. Also in the good, Jason Tatum's shot making. I think in this game especially, there were some times where he really bailed them out. Why is Jason Tatum's shot making so important? Uh, he's starting to become the guy that you say, all right, here's the ball. We've wasted 18 seconds of this 24-second clock. You've got six seconds. Go do something. And generally, he's doing something. Now, a lot of that has been jump shots. Jason Tatum is a jump shooter, and I want to see him be more aggressive. But he, I thought he was a little bit more aggressive in this one. It didn't result in a ton of free throws, only four, but he did attack a little bit more, uh, especially after he got an early tech. So he had a, a right corner three where his leg did kick out, and I forget who the, who the defender was, but... Ran into Tatum's leg. He fell down. No call. The ref said, "Hey, you're you're you kicked your leg out. That's not going to be. That's not going to get you the call." Personally, I think momentum when you're fading into the corner like that, there's a natural kind of flaring of your leg. But I understand why that wasn't called necessarily. But Tatum gets himself a tech. Then the next play, he just puts his head down and drives. And I think some of that is is starting to happen a little bit more. I saw Tatum almost sort of Harden-esque put his hands out and and try to draw some fouls. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit in, in the second segment where guys need to figure themselves out with the refs. But I think Tatum is starting to figure out like, okay, I got to take this into my own hands. And... I saw him attacking a little bit, but really the shot making, just the the tough shot making, that's what you want your superstar to be doing, making tough shots. Like most NBA players can make the open ones, right? It's the tough shots. It's the, like I said, the bailout shots. And we saw some of those throughout this game and in the, in the Clippers game. Uh, also in the good, Peyton Pritchard who had 12 points on four for nine shooting, all of that from three in this, and hit some big ones. He had a, he was um, part of a 9-0 run at the end of the third quarter. He hit two threes, and on top of the two threes, had a big rebound and a kick out to a streaking Robert Williams, who hit one of the two free throws, but that was part of a 9-0 run that ended the third quarter that got the Celtics back into this. And then later, he hit a huge three to cut it to 94-91. Now, that's where Phoenix kind of made another run to end the game. But Pritchard, and it's funny, 
Brad Stevens after the game was like, yeah, he, he came out a little tentative and we need him to come out aggressive. And he said that after the Clippers game too. And I'm curious to see how Pritchard kind of reacts to that. I thought he was playing fine. The the four of nine shooting from three is obviously very good. Add to that five rebounds and an assist. But to have your coach be like, yeah, that's great. Be more aggressive. Like, uh, I, I want to see how he takes that to heart. And then, you know what? The Celtics are going to need Peyton Pritchard to be more aggressive, especially in these moments where, you know, a back-to-back where Kemba's not playing or Jalen Brown not playing because of the knee. Now, just as a quick aside and an update, it doesn't look like Jalen Brown's going to be out much longer. He might play against Utah, so that's a possibility. It seems like knee soreness. I saw that against the Clippers. He went up for uh, what should have been a dunk in transition, and it was kind of a, it became a layup, and you can see him kind of cringing as he was running back. But however that is handled, Pritchard is going to be a guy that needs to make up for some of that lost production. Whether Jalen Brown is back or not, he's going to make, have to make up for some of Marcus Smart's production. He's going to have to take some of the pressure off of these guys and be a threat, a danger, and need to uh, attract some of the defense. And a, a game like this, where he hits basically half of his three-pointers, that's going to help him do that. Speaking of hitting three-pointers, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice, together matched Peyton Pritchard, four of nine from three. And that's suddenly Daniel Tice and Grant Williams are reliable three-point shooters. Now, is that going to continue? I don't know. Shemi Ojale was a a reliable three-point shooter, and now he's kind of tailed off a little bit. I'll mention that in the next segment. But Grant has stepped up and is taking threes with extreme confidence. He was 4 of 8 in this game, 10 points, 3 assists, a rebound, a block, one turnover. He is a guy he's just taking confident three-pointers. Uh the in in the Clippers game. Some of the the threes that he was taking in that game were just don't think quick like like a guy who's been taking and making threes for a long time. And Daniel Tice has been really good recently in making his three-pointers. Uh, in this one, he came off the bench, 12 points, 2 of 3 from 3, 5 of 9 from the field, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. That Daniel Tice is going to be really interesting because now all of a sudden, if he becomes a legitimate, like a real strong pick-and-pop possibility, like the guy I've mentioned on this podcast before, if he becomes that guy that's a constant threat, now you have your different options. Daniel Tice, pick-and-pop guy. Tristan Thompson, strong guy, offensive rebound. Robert Williams, your vertical spacing, roll hard, catch lobs guy. You can If those three guys can do all of those things well, that can be a three-headed monster that you can deploy. It's going to be hard for all of them to do those things well at the same time. you got to make sure that they're all getting their playing time. Robert Williams only got 10 minutes in this game. That I don't know if that's the right decision. But Tice was playing well, so he got 35 minutes. And Thompson played 21 minutes, and there's only so many minutes to go around. This is, this is the downside of having the three bigs that can do this. Thompson is finally 
doing what the Celtics signed him to do. That's that's an important thing that continues. Uh, and it highlights a lot of this stuff means being patient. So as we head into the next segment, patience is going to be necessary. I know I'm not taking Twitter as like the be-all, end-all, but there are a lot of people reacting on social media to like, it's the wildest of swings. And then people have to come back and be like, okay, hand up my bad. You know, I was overreacting to something, but still that's patience is going to be the virtue. My last good note before we hit the break, the Celtics are 12 and 10. Okay. Not so great, but this is a weird year. 12 and 10 is still good for the ninth best record in the league. So even with everything, even with how the season is going, even with all of the injuries and all of that, still in the thick of things. And a small winning streak from being right back up at the top of the standings. So this is a disheartening loss in some ways, but the Celtics are still in the mix. Up next, you're going to hear from Kemba Walker. A lot of this bad from this game revolves around Kemba Walker. A lot of the bad conversation in general revolves around Kemba. You're going to hear from him next. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now you might've heard about this in the New York times in style magazine or Forbes. And we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they are gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking forward to a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist and you can follow us on Spotify. Congratulations to Tom Brady for winning another Super Bowl. Was that number seven? I've lost count. Fifth MVP. Uh, it's going to be the headline for sure on the new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today. It's a daily podcast that gets you all of the big sports news that you need in less time. So obviously the Super Bowl is going to be a big thing. Locked On Today breaks down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. So start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the bad from this loss to the Phoenix Suns, a 100-91 to loss. The Celtics did not shoot well, but they didn't shoot well from two, which is odd. 17 of 44 from three, 38.6%. That's not bad. Most teams will take 38.6%. Uh, in fact, it, it is what kind of kept them hanging around in this game. Like if, if those threes weren't falling, they never would have had a chance. 16 for 49 from two. 
That's 32.6%. That is a gross number. They settled for too many jumpers. I think it was especially after it was clear that they weren't going to get any calls after uh, DeAndre Ayton was patrolling the middle and he was kind of erasing everything. Uh, He had uh, just one block, but he was, I think, affecting a lot of shots. People, I don't think, even wanted to get into the lane and test him. Uh, He played the whole fourth quarter. It was pretty clear. The Celtics wanted no part of DeAndre Ayton. But the Celtics turned that into a bunch of jump shots. And that's something that can't happen. The Celtics have to keep attacking. The Celtics have to put it on the refs to call the fouls. Now, this is part of the bigger picture with Kemba Walker and with Jason Tatum. Now, Kemba had a very rough shooting game, but it fit this kind of uh, formula that the Celtics had in this game. Kemba was 4 of 11 from 3, 36.3%. That's acceptable. You want to hit, if he hit one more, it would have been great. So the, the number from 3, like that's okay. That's in today's NBA, fine. 0 for 8 from 2. Nope, that's not good, especially for Kemba. Now, a couple of those missed jumpers, okay, fine. But getting into the into the the lane, going up for layups, getting swallowed up, falling but not getting the foul, that is part of uh, a bigger issue, I think, that's been plaguing him. Let's listen to Kemba Walker talk about whether he's frustrated by all of this. No, I let myself get a little bit. Too frustrated. Um, you know, I just just can't have that. You know, like I like I always say, these guys they they look to me to be that positive energy. Um, not, you no, know, I wasn't that tonight. Today, um, it was pretty frustrating. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's not a call, it's not a foul. You know, and I got to realize that. You know, um, you know, I just got to be better. That's that's really it. You know, I got to find a way to either make a play at the rim or, you know, just make a play for my teammates, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch some film, you know, just try to learn from my mistakes um, and just try to continue to, you know, do what I can to help this team. John Corrales. Kevin, this is uh, now a couple games on this trip where you've admitted that you've you've lost kind of, I guess, your composure. Um, is there something you would normally be able to do to kind of, work through that frustration that you're not able to do because of the schedule, the travel and all that? I mean, not really. It's all mental, you know. Um, I'm a very positive person. You know, sometimes it happens, but, you know, I got to try my best not to allow it to happen. Um, like, I always, like I just said, you know, these guys, they, they look to me, you know, to, you know, in, in, in those situations. You know, whenever I'm putting my head down and I'm playing frustrated, you know, they're gonna right. probably you know do the same. So you know, I gotta put my pride to the side sometimes, you know, all the time, you know, and, and be there for my teammates. Okay, so Kemba admits, I let this get to me. Perfectly fine. Like you're a human being, right? Like ideally, no, you don't want that. You want you want somebody to be perfect. That's what we want, 
right? From the outside looking in, we want everybody to have 100% hustle all the time. We want everybody to be 100% focused all the time. We don't want people getting frustrated. We want people to be professional, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you're not, it becomes this big egregious affront to your fanhood, right? But it happens. Like, it happens. I have had podcasts where I'm not 100% focused. I'm sure you could tell when that's happened. Uh, You have probably gone into work and not been 100% focused. And I'm sure your boss can tell or your coworkers can tell. And sometimes I'm willing to bet that you've turned to your coworkers and said, I don't have it today. I don't want to do a damn thing. And I know your counter is, well, I don't get paid $30 million to do what I do. And my counter to that is that doesn't matter because the brain is going to some days, no matter how much you get paid, that stuff goes away. Your bank account is not on your mind when you go into a game and you think you're getting fouled and you've thought you've been fouled for three or four straight games and you sit there on the floor screaming at the ref or talking to the ref rather than getting up and getting back. Okay, that happens. But it, it's got to happen less. Or Kemba's got to you know, learn from this somehow and say, all right, I'm in a new spot here in my career. This is a different situation. I'm still Kemba. I can still do Kemba things. I need to figure out why I'm not getting these calls. But when I don't get these calls, I've got to start just shutting up, getting back, And later, I'll talk to the ref. But the in-game frustration has to subside at some point. It has to subside. And he knows it. He admits it. It will subside, I believe, as he gets back into the swing of things. He has admitted that he's not stopping as well as he did before. Kemba Walker's whole game is predicated on stopping and then changing directions. He's admitted, I'm not stopping and changing directions quite like I was. I have trouble, mental trouble, stopping. And that's from all of the knee pain that he had, and stopping was the most painful thing. Again, patience, patience, patience. A lot of people are reacting to Kemba, and... Some people are just, that's how they're going to react. I think sports talk radio is going to fuel a lot of that. There's going to be trade talk and people are going to be like, just trade Kemba. Like that's not like, I'm not opposed to trading anybody. If the situation is right. Like at this point we should all just say, Hey, if you know, if Kevin Durant's on the table, then you got to look at, okay, well maybe we're going to trade one of these other young guys, you know, these futures like that. That's, Obviously, it's not going to happen, but like, sure, if there's a trade for Kemba that makes sense, you go, all right, well, this does make sense. And yeah, but a lot of people are going to be like, no, you just, you've just got to trade Kemba now. And that's, that's your focus. So that's going to happen. But patience, patience, patience. He had a good shooting night against the Clippers. So we can't have these wild swings of emotions. Follow that Brad Stevens credo. Not too high, not too low. The the quote from Jason Tatum here. Same thing. Tatum's having similar reactions. 
after that foul that I talked about earlier. He said, me and the ref disagreed on something, but ultimately they're not going to change the call. I'm just going to figure out more ways to show that I'm getting fouled. It's a learning process for sure. Now, don't want Tatum to get too caught up in, like, Tatum should be attacking and looking to draw fouls. I don't want him to become Houston James Harden, and that's all he's looking to do. But there's a happy medium, and and he's he's still got many years to become the player he's going to become. So I'll just leave all of that at that. A couple more bad things before I move on. Why did Carson Edwards get this start? It's, you know, he's been playing well recently, but I guess, and, and I didn't ask Brad Stevens this, you only get one shot and I asked something else. Um, I guess that it might have been a reward. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. This is not the, I don't think this was the spot though. Because Devin Booker came out in this this game and hit two straight shots over good Carson Edwards defense. Like Carson Edwards wasn't playing bad defense. Positionally, he was in the great spot. But Booker just rose up, faded away a little bit, and hit a very comfortable looking jumper, a couple of them, right over Carson Edwards and got into his bag really early. That's that just makes me wonder, like. Was that the right decision to start? Like, could could they not have started Javante or or somebody else? I I don't know that. Like, I get that Edwards may have been rewarded for this, but you let you let Devin Booker get good looks early, and that was part of why the Celtics got down big. I don't I don't think that was the right move. I I. I will also add the caveat that maybe giving Carson the start is a better long-term move and you deal with this just to say, hey, look, Carson played well, did all of these things. He got rewarded with a start. And this is a message to everybody. I will freely admit that's a possibility. And sometimes you say, all right, I'm, I'm not making this decision based on the matchup because the matchup isn't right. But what I'm doing is I'm sending a signal to some of these younger guys, maybe an Aaron Neesmith, I don't know. But hey, you work hard, you bust your ass, you go out there, you do the things that you're supposed to do. That's how you get more playing time. That could easily have been a signal. And while I, I think am legitimate in saying that Carson Edwards shouldn't have started, if that other thing was involved, then that's, I can see that. I can certainly see that. Last thing, Shemi Ojale shooting has really tailed off lately. On my Twitter, Reds Army underscore John, uh, if you scroll back a little bit, I had a little thread from a couple days ago where I showed that his form is sloppy right now. He is not holding that follow-through, among other things, but his form, in a nutshell, has suffered. I think this might be a lack of practice time. I think that this is something that is fixable. But right now, Shimmy Ojale is not shooting well. His form doesn't look good. He's not doing the things that made him that reliable shooter that he was earlier in the season. Up next, some things from the Clippers game. Let's just finish on a good note. The Celtics beat the Clippers last week, Friday. That was a good game. Well, I don't know if it was a good game, but it was a good win, huge win for the Celtics. 
So I'm going to talk about that when we come back. Bet online. Boy, if you missed the Super Bowl, there were all kinds of things that you could have bet on on the Super Bowl, but that's okay. You can still bet on the NBA. Lots of fun in-game betting on the NBA. It's a great sport. Basketball is a great sport for in-game stuff, second-half stuff, quarter-by-quarter. Quarter. There's there's a lot of fun bets that you can play uh, there. And if you go and sign up at betonline.ag, you sign up for a free account, you're going to use a promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you deposit, you're going to get half of that in your uh, account as a welcome bonus on top of that. So go check it out. You want to bet on college basketball? We're, we're getting really close to March Madness. Hockey, baseball is coming back. There's a ton. International sports, lots of international sports. So if you're around the world, if you're not one of the local listeners, this applies to you as well. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Please gamble responsibly. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar has been sending me all kinds of different flavors, like just all kinds of different flavors. And I'm starting to wonder if I've made the right decision by focusing on a peanut butter Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. These are delicious. I sometimes wonder how they can do it and make it taste so good without adding all the extra carbs and sugars and all that stuff, but they do. 18 amazing flavors. They come in nut and no-nut varieties. If you've got an allergy, you can still check them out. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Perfect for the health conscious. If you're looking to lose weight, maintain weight, doesn't matter. Now, again, my peanut butter, it's my favorite. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 net carbs. But, like, I got a cookies and cream one. 170, uh, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. Like, come on. So... You want to use it as a meal replacement. You want to use it as a snack. You want to use it after a workout. It's a great protein bar that's not going to blow out your cardio, that's not going to crush you with a ton of extra calories and sugars and carbs. If you're on a keto diet, you can still use it. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go test it out. Go buy one box. Use the promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Get that little build-your-own box or the sampler box Find a few flavors that you like. Go stock up again. Buy four or five boxes, whatever you want to do. Use the promo code Locked On. It's going to work again. This is not a one-time shot. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. If you spent this break making your betonline.ag free accounts and setting that up and getting your welcome bonus. Now, what you should do is, once this podcast is over, go subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They will help you get more wins, which is what you want when you're signing up for betonline.ag. They've got their lock of the day. They've got uh, they've got different sports. Uh, they get the wrong team favored, which is a funny WTF. Uh, and, and they're really going to help you out and, and guide you in good directions when you're trying to figure out where to place your bets. So whatever sport it is, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. On Friday, the Boston Celtics 
improbably beat the LA Clippers, who are uh, one of the best teams in the NBA, one of the best teams at home, and the Celtics, without Marcus Smart, without Jalen Brown, went in there and beat the Clippers. Now, the Clippers did not have Paul George. They did not have Patrick Beverly. So we got, you know, kind of evened out a little bit. This game is probably where Carson Edwards earned his start versus Phoenix because Edwards in this game, 5 of 8, 3 of 5 from 3, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. He played well in this game, worked his butt off in this game, and and I think is this effort that he put forth off the bench, earning 30 minutes off the bench, was when I was talking about him being rewarded for that effort, that this is the game. This is the game where you say, wow, Carson did so much in this game. And, and yeah, Brad Stevens is sending the message to everybody that um, you bust your ass. This is where you get your starts. And now we just talked about Kemba Walker's frustrations, but in this game, if you have a short, short, short memory, he was pretty damn good. 24 points. 9 of 19 shooting, 2 of 7 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line, 4 assists, a rebound, a steal, a block, 1 turnover. He was hitting shots late. He, even in his early struggles, because he's still struggling, he came back and was strong down the stretch. So, uh, and that included, by the way, the game-winning jumper. So, all of the stuff that we're talking about, Kemba Walker, like, don't forget that he has had these games, that he did come out and hit that game winner, that he did hit big shots in a crucial game. The Celtics play one more game as against the Utah Jazz on Tuesday night. I don't have high expectations for that. However, coming off of a tough loss, maybe getting Jalen Brown back, the Celtics, I'm sure, are going to be Ready. Like, I feel like this is going to be a game where they're ready. What What's that going to mean for that, that first game back at home? That might not go so well. But at the same time, the Utah Jazz are just playing phenomenal. They've got the best record in the NBA. I don't know that they're going to be uh, surprised by the Celtics. They're going to take the Celtics very seriously. So... However it goes, the Celtics could end up 2-3 and three on this road trip. Kind of where people thought it would be. If they end up 3-2, and two, amazing. And if they go out there and they beat the Clippers and the Jazz in that 3-2, and two, then great. But however it goes, Kemba Walker having this performance against the Clippers is... Um, Part of that that has to be part of the discussion. You can't just dismiss it. You can't just say, well, whatever. Like he still had to go out there and hit those shots. So keep that in mind in this whole discourse. Shout out to Shemi Ojale for his defense, even though his shooting, like I said, has not been great. And he was one of six from three in this game. In fact, I used that thread that those examples were from the Clippers game of his his just sloppy form now. He still went in there and played really, really good defense against Kawhi Leonard. He has played now. We have examples of him playing good defense against uh, Kawhi, 
against Anthony Davis and against LeBron James this season. That's not to say that he's the stopper for any of those guys, but we have evidence that he has in spots been able to play good defense against those guys. It's an important thing to have. Important thing for him to have the confidence to say, all right, I got to go check Kawhi. I can do that for a possession or two. I'm going to get low. I'm going to get wide. I'm going to get strong. You're not going to bowl Shemi Ojale over. You're not going to, he's not going to get bullied by anybody. So nice defense there. My final thought as we quickly wrap up the Clippers game is that between the shot making against Phoenix and the scoring against the Clippers, which by the way, 34 points, 12 of 27 overall, 5 of 10 from 3, 5 of 6 from the line, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals, 2 turnovers. Jason Tatum is really stringing together his all-NBA bona fides. He is now taking that incremental step forward. There are not a lot of huge steps forward for him anymore. Now it becomes the little steps, the refining. We've built this statue. Now we're sanding it down and creating the finer details. And the tough shot making, the passing, the clutch shots, the, oh my God, how did he do that? That type of stuff, which he did in the Clippers game which he did to some degree in the Phoenix game. That's, that's where Tatum starts to become this next star of the Boston Celtics. He is joined by Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown is, is starting to get into that sphere as well. I still think Tatum Tatum is just different. Like Tatum, Tatum is going to, to be the guy that's generally like a, a, a sliver ahead. And you say like Jordan to Pippen and not quite saying like, I'm not going to say that Tatum is Jordan, but like that comparison that Scotty Pippen is a freaking hall of famer and one of the greatest players of all time. And being compared to Scotty Pippen is no joke, but I'm, and I'm not even saying that that's what Jalen Brown is. Like Jalen Brown has actually grown into a very, like doing a lot of the Tatum type stuff. However, Tatum, these past couple of games, these create these really, really difficult shots that he just kind of pulls out of nowhere. I think he just has that ability to do it just a little bit more than Jalen. And they just work together. So I don't want to compare. I, I hate, I hate making uh, the direct comparisons and, and, you know, comparisons are the thief of joy and all of that stuff. I don't want to go too crazy with that, but what Tatum is doing here is just showing why he's, he's making the case for that first or second team, all NBA Celtics. Now move on to finish out their road trip against the Utah Jazz on Tuesday 
It's going to be a crazy week for the Celtics. Uh, Jazz on Tuesday. Toronto, Detroit, Thursday, Friday, back-to-backs. So a full week of podcasts here in the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You're going to get one daily. This is the Monday show. you still got Tuesday through Friday shows coming. So if you're not subscribed, please do subscribe. If you're a regular subscriber, thank you very much. Now, one more thing. Give it a good written rate, a good written review and a five-star rating. Be very, very helpful. And share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.